0: Our souls by the way. Thank you for the reminder of scripture, the 23rd Psalms. But well, we thank you that we know how our story is gonna end, even though we may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we won't fear no evil. For you are with us, your rod and your staff to comfort us. But well, we thank you that you anoint our head with oil. Our cup runs over Thank you God for your promises thus far Now as we enter into the holy place For the preaching of the word Do it again Lord Do it again Spirit of the living God Breathe on us One more time Illuminate our hearts and our minds So we can hear and see what your spirit has to say to your church remove our pastor from his flesh today giving preaching power and preaching permission that preaching may be done and to this end we'll praise you for it we'll give you the honor and the glory for it all belongs to you in jesus name we pray and all god's people said amen and amen I want you to stand on your feet. Thank you, Elder. Open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 14. Let them rest there right around the 8th verse. Want to welcome all of our visitors with us here today. Don't mind us. We just doing what we do. Amen. Amen. We come to worship him. Amen. 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 We are an expository teaching and preaching church. And that means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible books and chapters at a time family and so you are welcome to join us as we are on our exegetical walk through the book of Acts today we are in a three week series titled the five-star church and persecution in the ministry so this is part two of a three part sermon verse eight is where we want to begin and if you have it somebody say go on and start pastor And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. He was a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. And Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices, saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes. Because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, he brought oxen and garlands to the gate, intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the impossible, possibly impossible. <laughs> uh, y'all do that too, so don't laugh at me. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Saul, heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out, saying, men, why are you doing these things? For we also are men with the same nature as you, and we preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God, who made the heaven, the earth, The sea and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. But nevertheless, he did not leave himself without a witness in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium, y'all remember them, right? They came there, and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, He rose up and went into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And all God's people said, amen. "Amen." You may be seated. The five-star church and the the persecution in the ministry. Thank you, Reverend. On last week, family, we began a three-week series in our five star church campaign. We began talking about the truth of persecution in the ministry. The book of Acts gives us what I call is a true record of church history. And the record reveals that their account was filled, brothers and sisters, with great trouble see according to the book of acts we've got a bloody past and this bloody past has shaped our future y'all catch that according to the book of acts uh, trouble must accompany the church of Jesus Christ because Christ foretold us that it would On last week, I read three different accounts of modern day times of persecution showing us where Christians are even today losing their lives because of their commitments to Christ. And so today, if you allow me, I want to pick up our conversation from where we left off last week. And Apostle Paul and Barnabas are in the midst of a trial and God is still going to be glorified. Y'all in here with me? Three quick points and I'm going to get out of your way. Number one, I'm going to talk about the miracle of Lystra. The miracle of Lystra. Number two, I'm going to talk about the mistake of Lystra. And then number three, we want to close with the madness of Lystra. The miracle, the mistake, and the madness of Lystra. Y'all ready to study? Look at verse eight with me, all right? Verse 8 says, in Lystra, there sat a man who was crippled in his feet, lame from birth, and he had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him. And when he looked at him, he saw that he had faith to be healed. And after seeing, that he had faith, he called out to him. And he said, stand up on your feet. And the man jumped up and began to walk. Let's unpack this. When we come here, we see a very important action taking place. Paul was engaged in speaking to a multitude of others. When a bystander catches his words. Y'all catch that right there? He was telling others about the name of Jesus. And somebody in need of Jesus overheard what he was saying. In the the neighborhood today they would say he was ear hustling. I'm glad he was ear hustling though. Because the word that he heard the Christian speaking was a word that produced something in his heart. The words that he heard Paul speaking produced faith enough to believe in the one that Paul was talking about. Can I say some more right there? In other words, uh, in the gospel, there is power to heal the soul. In the body, whether they're speaking it to you or not, did y'all catch that right there? God's word is powerful in that it is able to fix what common words can't fix. This teaches us in this text that the gospel literally commands his hearers to draw close to Christ by faith in Christ. Let me say some more. As the man heard the words of Paul, he was moved to believe that God could do something for him too, even though he had never seen God do it before. It, it was, it was, yeah, thank you, Lord. It was, this man had not any old type of faith. But it was faith in what he heard Paul saying. What, what was that which encouraged this man to believe that God could change his situation in his life. He didn't have faith in faith. His faith was pointed to an object. And the object was a person. And his name was Jesus. And Paul was talking about Jesus to some people over here and he who was lame over here just heard what he was talking about. And believed that the person in which he was talking about could do something in his life even though he had never seen it done before. Y'all with here? Can I tell you today, choir, that this same faith And the same gospel can fix your incurable situation today. You know that thing you can't get rid of. That thing. You know that thing. You know that God can fix it today. Can I tell your family that the same faith and the same God can make a difference in your crisis today that this same faith in this same message can rescue somebody who's in need of salvation yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ is the same message the faith to believe in God and God only yeah. is what gave this man the miracle yeah. that occurred in his life can I get a witness right there yeah. Has God transformed your life because of his gospel? When when you first heard it, did it make you change? And then we shouldn't think it's strange that it changed this man. Am I making sense here? The Bible says that Paul saw, this is interesting, that the man had faith. Did y'all see that there? He saw it. Ah. Oh. Can I work right there? In other words, two things happened in this text. The first thing we see is that it was the gospel that made Paul call out in boldness and give an invitation to this man to respond to what he heard. Don't read the text too fast. Can I say that again? It was the gospel that he was talking about which made him extend an invitation. In other words, he's not just talking about Jesus and seeing somebody want to respond and walk away and don't give them an opportunity to respond to what they hear. And here, parenthetically, there should always be a response when you're telling somebody about the good news. When you see that they believe what you're talking about, give them an invitation to stand up And to step out On what they just believed Come on in here y'all with me I noticed something else in this text That the gospel is what gave Paul boldness To extend the invitation Paul in his boldness Then summons the man To respond to what he heard Now look at this Most of us would have shrank back Right there at that moment Paul knows that the gospel is real And the gospel got power This man ain't never walked He's on a stretcher He's lame on his feet And Paul does only what the gospel can do He commands him Stand up Some of y'all would have just prayed The sinner's prayer with him right there on the mat Amen That would have been the last thing you thought about Was giving him feet again But if the gospel you preach don't give you faith to do the impossible, how is it going to give somebody else faith to do the impossible? Am I talking to you? Look what he says. Stand up. In other words, do the impossible. You just heard about this God? Do something you never did before now that you believe. Are you in here? Paul is saying do something that only God can do through you. See, when you hear the gospel for the first time, you ought to get crazy faith. You you, you ought to want to live like you never lived before. You ought to want to stand like you ain't never stood before. You ought to want to run now like you ain't never ran before. If you really heard the real gospel, something you that make you do the exceptional work, not the ordinary stuff, not, 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 not the manual stuff everybody else is doing. You ought to do something that you ain't never done before. I'm talking to you today just like Paul talked to him. Somebody in here need to stand up today. Somebody, oh, I'm going to put it in a modern day vacuum. Somebody need to man up this morning. You might need to warm it up this morning you need to do something with your life you have never done before because you've heard the gospel and you believe high five somebody tell them are you standing today are you standing you know what I noticed about this text take the gospel made this man believe he could do something with his life yeah, no, no, no self help steps here no mentoring necessary the gospel gave him courage the gospel gave him hope the gospel gave yeah, him the name of Jesus and the gospel gave him the ability to think he could move in this realm because another realm gave him permission Some of y'all tracking with me Can I tell you what I'm talking about His faith was in another realm His circumstances was in another realm But the gospel gave him something from another realm That wasn't present in his physical realm Can I tell you that faith, yes is, Is the substance of things hoped for The evidence of things not seen Are you listening here? If you can see it, then you don't need faith. He needed something from another realm to help him fix his current situation. And somebody looking at me this morning, you ain't here by mistake this morning. You've been lame a long time. That thing has had you messed up from birth. Yeah. You know, you know those lies, you ain't gonna be nothing. You gonna be just like your daddy. Or you gonna be just like your mama or your aunt. You know that thing that has kept you lame. Yeah. That thing that has kept you out of the game of life. That thing that has made you cripple from beginning to the end. You, you need something out, you, in fact, you need a word. Can I give you your word this morning? If you want your word, do like that to me. Say, give it to me, Pastor. The word is Jesus. In Jesus, you have all the hope and possibilities of life. In Jesus, you have all that you need to be more than you are. In Jesus, you've got hope, help, sustenance, resources. you got everything because it's all wrapped up in him. Ask somebody, did you get your word for today? Did you get your word? Can I talk some more about this man? Yes. But Brother Paul, here's what I noticed, son. He didn't just stand up. Bible says he jumped up. Y'all can't shout right there. He jumped up. I thought y'all shot right there. He jumped up when he never jumped before. It's nothing for y'all to jump. You've been jumping all your life. Jumping from this church to that church Jumping from that man to that man Can I just lay it out there? Jumping from that bed to that bed Jumping from job to job Just jumping This fella ain't never jumped Not only ain't never jumped He never stood before He never walked before He was lame all of his life. So when the Bible say he jumped up, he doing something he ain't never did before. I know to write myself a note here because I know I got skeptics here. I ain't mad at you. He seen people jumping, but he ain't never jumped before. He seen people walking, but he never had a personal experience with walking himself. He was a lame from birth, but he jumped Can I tell you why? Because of the gospel. Because of the gospel, he had new life. Because of the gospel, he had a new mind. Because of the gospel, he had new faith. He had a new chance. He had a new beginning to do what he never did before. The gospel will make you do what you've never done before. When you believe it. Can I say some more? The gospel will make you get on a plane and fly to Africa. You ain't never flown before. In fact, you ain't never even been out the country. Are you listening here? The gospel will give you hope, joy, confidence, privilege. The gospel will make you walk all by yourself. I remember, y'all, in graduate school, I took a flight to Russia by myself in winter in February y'all know it's snowing in Russia in February I don't speak Russian are you listening to me but the gospel made me land all on the line and take a risk to go to a country all by myself when I never even met my host who was inviting me y'all ain't listening to me the gospel Will give you that type of courage and that kind of hope and that type of joy to do what you've never done before. And if you ain't got the courage to do something, I want to invite you to do the 16 day challenge. What's that, Pastor? Read the Gospel of Mark one chapter at a day for 16 days. It will reintroduce you to Jesus. And after you take the 16 day challenge, I dare you to leave Mark. The same way you started it. Are you in here now? So, so 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 when we look at this text, the miracle of Lystra was that this man jumps up who was lame for all of his life. Now let's look at the text. Point number two, Brother Garcia, the mistake in Lystra. Because the text takes a turn. You think the whole city would be celebrating. But something deathly bad goes wrong. In verse 11 the text says. When the crowd saw what Paul had done. The miracle. They shouted In the Lyconian language. Here's what they said. The gods have come down among us. In human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. And then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes And rushed out into the crowd shouting, why are you guys doing this? We are just only humans like you. We're bringing you the good news. Telling you to turn from worthless things to the living God. The one who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And in the past he let all nations go their own way. Yet he's not left himself without a testimony. So he's shown kindness by giving you rain." from heaven and crops in your seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. This ain't got nothing to do with Zeus. And even with these words, the Bible says they had a difficult time keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. When we read this next few verses, family, we come to see Where a mistake happens in Lystra. This was unwanted ministry confusion and trouble. What do you mean pastor? The the, the scene goes from a powerful display of the gospel. And faith in the life of this stranger. To total confusion now. Inside of the multitude about what God was doing in that lame man's life. I call it a mistake because this was a superstitious culture and a superstitious crowd that interpreted the events done by God in light of their own worldview. Yeah, 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 okay. Their worldview said that Greek mythology yeah. was how they should worship. Uh-huh. And when they saw the miracle, didn't give the credit to Yahweh, El Shaddai, Elohim, Jehovah. they gave it to their gods. Are you with me here? But notice what Paul does in his apologetics. Paul tries to explain to them, you don't need to offer sacrifices to us. Because he ain't Zeus and I ain't Hermes. Are you with me here? And then he offers them an answer for the true God of heaven and earth. And he talks about Yahweh as the God who creates all things. Are you listening here? In Greek mythology, they had a God who created the waters, a God who created the heavens, a God who created the grass and the food and all of that. But Paul now, thank you, Lord, answers them with, no, there's not many gods, there's one God. And he is the one to be worshiped, not us. Are y'all in here, here? Look, this is important. We see the mistake and the confusion that takes place that when they see the miracle, somebody wouldn't grab the priest who was running the temple of Zeus and said, we just saw a miracle quickly. We better sacrifice to Zeus before he gets angry. So they run and they gather the bulls from the sacrifice pen. And they're running to come and bring the offering and the sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. Because Greek mythology teaches that you ought to give to the God who gives you everything. And since the gods have healed him, we better get an offering real quick before the gods get angry. Y'all in here? And what he does, Paul does, is clarify, first of all, God ain't mad at you. Yes, We are not gods. So don't you worship us. I like this right here. Why? Why? Because we can learn, family, that when we are called to go into the world and make disciples, we're going to interact with multiple worldviews. And you don't have to be afraid with how you answer a worldview. You just need to know that your worldview trumps all worldviews. Your God can answer the question of any other God's because your God is God. Does that make sense? Look at this now, behind the scenes, I see something else, another worldview taking place, and it's this where there's ministry confusion after the hand of God. Has been demonstrated, you can always find our arch nemesis at work. Come on. What do you mean, An- Angelus? Satan wanted to confuse the minds of these hearers yeah. by getting them to worship the brothers uh-huh. instead of the God yeah. of the brothers. Yeah. Come on, lean in. Lean in and listen to me, y'all. Yeah. Satan, y'all, are you listening? Yeah. He's all about worship. Y'all in here? And he's all about getting people to worship other things rather than God. Can I say some more? This ain't in my notes, but but let let me park the car and idle right here. Choir, This is why I'm on top of y'all so much. Because if there's one place in the church where the devil wants to get busy, it's in worship. Y'all be careful, okay, about fighting over songs, fighting about leading, fighting and disagreeing, not coming to Bible class. Be careful, because if there's one place he can work, it's here. Why? He wants the glory. So be careful before you sing a song. Make sure you're giving the glory to God. Am I talking to you? And then, then let me talk to the rest of the body. In anything you do, if you're over a ministry department, make sure you ain't doing it for glory. Make, make sure that you ain't teaching a life group so people can sit under you. Because the enemy wants nothing more than to be worshipped, watch this, and if he can't get to worship and he can't give, uh, don't want you to give God to worship, he wants you to just worship yourself. the first thing he does here in this text uh, daughter Carey, is he tries to turn uh, from the crowd giving glory to the God of heaven and earth who did the miracle to worshipping Paul and Barnabas he he was causing confusion among the people Uh, yeah and this is where I declare the gospel meets with confusion See, if if Satan, Sister Wilson, could not get them to deny the miracle, then he would encourage them to believe the wrong thing and worship the wrong one. But I like Paul and Barnabas, what they do right here, families. They they plead and beg with the brothers, and they rent their clothes. They tear their garments off. It, It was the ultimate sign of, oh, no, please don't do this. And they lift up the name of the true God of heaven and earth for these pagan worshipers that they might know who deserves all the worship and glory. When I was studying this text, I was wondering, God, how do I give them application for this? And here's what I discovered. Sometimes we got to be careful in ministry that people don't worship us when God does a miracle in their lives. I'm talking about God uses you, but sometimes people will worship you instead of God. As a pastor, I got to watch that. Amen. My, my, my old teacher said, you got to watch the ego, son. You got to watch the ego when God uses you greatly. Listen, don't let people worship you. For example, when God calls us to feed the hungry, we got to be careful that we don't take the praise. When we help people who are in sorrow, We got to be careful, daughter Lori, to avoid receiving the praise. Whenever we do whatever rather we do in ministry, we can't ever take the praise from God. You can say thank you, I'm glad you appreciate me, amen, but God gets the praise. Are you listening here? A five-star church will know whatever you do in ministry, don't take God's worship as your own. Be careful. Be careful, family. How people praise you and try to make you a little God. And that's what happens in our culture. New beginnings, I'm not going to let you worship me as a pastor. You ain't going to put no statue of me in front of the church. You ain't going to hang my picture in the fellowship hall or in the sanctuary you ain't gonna worship me you're gonna follow me and obey the word of the Lord I ain't gonna let you disrespect me let's, let's get that right now the Bible do say honor those who feed you the word of God amen you got a responsibility tell your neighbor you ain't off the hook you ain't off the hook we still are on the LFO campaign Amen. I'm just trying to fix it sister Wee. amen but there's no there's no worshiping your pasture. Are you with me here? Let's look at point number three, the madness of Lystra. So we saw the miracle of Lystra. We've seen the mistake in Lystra from their cultural worldview. Let's look at the madness of Lystra. So behind the scenes, Satan is working. You see that, guys? And remember, when they were in Iconium on last week, he began to act up. So because they're having great ministry success, David, they're now going to a new city. Now you see the same trouble following them in the new city. Remember our title was persecution and ministry, right? So here we see a miracle happens and then the crowd goes crazy. Now look at the madness of Lystra, verse 19. This is interesting. Then some Jews, they came from Antioch. And they came from Iconium. Watch this now. They're in Lystra here. Iconium here. Antioch over here. They get mad with them from all the way over here. And they go to this city and heard about what they did. They gather the haters from this city. Two cities with two different haters now. Follow them to where God is working the haters have collaborated. Y'all in here now? You ever had a collaboration of haters in your life? Okay, you can, you can relate to Paul and Barnabas. They come from Antioch and Antioch And watch this in the text says in 19. And they won the crowd over. What? So something is happening between the priests running to get the bulls. Running to get the wreaths. Paul and Barnabas trying to calm the crowd down. Saying don't worship us. The haters are now working in the background. Can y'all see the picture? That's satanic opposition. For the work of the ministry. Look what the Bible says in 19 part B. They stoned Paul. And dragged him outside the city. Thinking he was dead. Let me waddle right there and I'll be through. When you see the enemies of Iconium and Lystra and Antioch and by the time they get to the scene, they come loaded with rocks in our day they would have just started a shootout or something right but they just let loose on Paul and Barnabas y'all listening here and look at how they did it in order daughter Christian first thing they did was poison the crowd with words can I stop for a minute remember it was words they got the gospel working in the crowd. But Satan's got some words too that causes hostility in the crowd. Words are powerful. They poison the mind of the same ones that just saw the miracle. Can we stop right there? On one side, they're hearing this word from God, and they see God do this great miracle. But before they can even celebrate in the miracle, Satan is already in the mind. With other words, can I give you some application? Before you even leave here today, the devil going to be whispering in your ear about something. Some of y'all, he already got to. I ain't even got to the conclusion yet that's how he works in the church God gives you his word and Satan slips poison in your head before you hit the parking lot you already got reasons why you should reject that message you already fixed in your heart about what you're gonna believe and listen brothers and sisters this just happens when you are engaged in ministry Secondly, not only do they poison the mind, but they plan or they sabotage the work. How did they do that? They, when they poison a the mind, they picked up stones to tell them that they should kill these men. They didn't even come preaching Hebrewism or Jewish cultures and tradition. They went straight to murder. Y'all see that there? And then thirdly I see that the gospel Or rather the gospel has enemies And the enemies of the gospel take. Here's what they do They try to silence The message Y'all in here Every enemy of the gospel That has ever lived Simply exists to silence The word Why? Because the word Changes lives The word opens up Blind minds the word gives people hope the word changes your circumstances so the enemy that wants to keep you in bondage right he's got to silence the word y'all in here and this is the difficult part of the text if y'all let me just waddle for a moment God let him do it huh he let them stone his sons. Let me back up because I'm just as confused as you. He calls them on this missionary journey. Y'all remember that? Acts 13, set aside Paul and Barnabas for me for the work of ministry, right? Because I'm sending them forth to the Gentiles. He blesses them, anoints them, empowers them, and sends them out. And one chapter later, he let the haters get him. And we're still in the same book. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. He don't change, right? Well, what is it about God? Is he schizophrenic? Has he changed his mind? Or is he working things out for his glory? And is willful persecution a part of the call? Are you listening here? My argument for you was that yes, persecution is a part of the call. And everybody that said yes to the gospel, there's persecution on your journey. God allows for the haters to follow them across three cities. Get them in one corner allow for the enemy to put poison in their mind then allow for them to take up stones and stone the messenger I believe that God knows that trouble and persecution are going to help Paul in his ministry and that's why he lets him get stoned I believe that God knew yes that stoning was going to encourage Paul to draw closer to him In the midst of a storm and that's why he lets him go through persecution. Can I say some more? I know God loves him because he saved him from hell. I know God loves him because he gave him everlasting life. I know God loves him because he put his spirit inside of him to live inside of him. I know God loves him because he called him to follow him and serve him. But then in all that love, he loves him enough to give him some persecution. Because it's only through the trouble of life that Paul will learn how to lean and depend on the one who called him. Can I close out my text by telling you, yeah, the enemies of the cross thought they could silence his witness by stoning him. But they forgot who the author of life was. Y'all ain't convinced? Let me give you some more. Even though they tried to kill him, they forgot that no one dies unless God says it's your time. Uh, they, 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 They tried to drive him out of cities. They tried to drive his mouth for being closed or to being closed. But they couldn't even kill him because God had him on a mission. The God had a plan for Paul and Barnabas, and preaching the gospel was a part of that plan. Reverend White, I like this for three reasons. Number one, I like it because they were going to see what tenacity looks like. They were going to see what commitment looks like when Paul gets up. Y'all with me here? They dragging the Bible set outside of the city. And they leave him for dead in the streets. <coughs> Y'all in here? And the baby church of Lystra had just got their first pastor killed. And they don't know what to do. They're babies. The Bible says that they all, come here brothers. Come here brothers. They all just gathered around him. And then they looking at the preacher. There he is. He, he's laid out in his stone. And I don't know what happened, but I know what churches do when they get in trouble. They pray. Yeah. Y'all hear it? Yeah. And somebody began to pray. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. I love Lord. He heard my cry, and the Bible say Paul jumped up. Yeah. <laughs> he got up, and somebody said he dusted off himself. And watch this, y'all. He went back. Did y'all hear that? Back to the place where the first rock hit him. So I would have ran the other way. Am I making sense here? Yes, yes. Why is this powerful. God wanted to use Paul yes. to demonstrate his commitment to the Lord. Yeah. I like that. You know what I like about him going back into the city? It's almost, he like said, where they at? Yeah. I'm going to get that dude there through the first door, right? Yeah. Paul had an edge to his ministry. Yeah. And I like this family. God wanted to encourage this baby church To know that guess what There's going to be persecution in the ministry But if I'm with you I'm more than the world against you Isn't that something y'all And they could look to God for their help They would never forget the message he preached They would never forget the power of God in his life And guess what that would do That would take away their fear From serving God. I got to leave you now. But I want you to know. Even though ministry does. Good things for humanity. Brother Donnie like raising up that man from that bed. It doesn't happen. Without persecution. Are y'all in here? Listen to me five star church. There's a cost we're going to have to pay. For being a witness to Jesus Christ. There's a price, there's a cost that comes with carrying the cross. And we've got to man and woman up and be ready to endure whatever persecution comes our way. I'm closing when I tell you this the Arkansas Alabama Baptist State Convention printed this story about perseverance, or really this limerick. And I thought I would share it with you today, just in case you're in a tough ministry situation. The article goes like this. It says, one step won't take you very far. You've got to keep on walking. One word won't tell folks who you are. So you've got to keep on talking. One inch won't make you very tall, so you got to keep on growing. And one good deed won't do it all, so you got to keep on going. And I like this because these words, my brothers and my sisters, are words that we can cling to when the going gets tough. These words are words we can remember. Remember? And attach them to our King and our Savior. Because as Jesus was on earth, he too endured the persecution of humanity. Am I right right there? And it was because they persecuted him that he was able to endure by keep on walking. I like that right there. Even when the darkest hour was upon him. Jesus kept walking and talking. Even when the cross was heavy on his shoulders, he was still willing to be the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Even with nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head, he never quit on the mission. Even when, yeah, they railed, On the side of the cross, he was willing to keep talking to the Father on behalf of those who were persecuting him. Now that's a picture of perseverance, and that's a picture of being willing to endure the persecution of the ministry. And I'm glad for that image today because that image reminds me that there's gonna be some dark days there's gonna be some persecution for pastoring the church there's gonna be a constant call to die but when I die on the Lord's mission I got help like Paul did Jesus killed on Calvary's cross Wasn't the end of the story The Bible says that early Sunday morning God the Father raised him back up to life And just like Paul was stoned for the ministry God the Father raised him back up So he could keep on running for God I stop by to tell you that death your story. If God should let him kiss you with death, he's going to raise you in grace. So the ministry for all of eternity will keep on going. You do know on this side, death don't end your ministry. When I get to heaven, I won't have a preaching ministry no more, but I will have a worship ministry. In all of eternity, I'm going to say, with the Gentile choir about how I made it over. The choir might not let me sing with them, but on that side, I'm going to be a choir member. <laughs> I might even have a solo <laughs> on that side because my ministry going to change, but I'm going to still be serving the Lord. So if death kiss you, then God will raise you. Ya. Did y'all catch that right there? Death may hurt you here, but God will use it to give himself glory and honor over there. I'm through preaching here, but I want you to know that persecution comes with ministry. So let's take the next five minutes. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them, be encouraged, neighbor. The persecution comes with your call. Shake somebody's Wow. Come on, find somebody you haven't shaken and shake their hand and tell them, hold on. Help is on the way. Ah, 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 ah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. inflict me, Lord, with trouble on this side, that you may be glorified on that side. Are you in here? I believe the more trouble over here, the more When I get to glory, what it'll mean for my soul sanctification. Because all that I had to endure here, I am welcome over there. And I can see glory. Because the trouble over here, can I say some more? Trouble has tears in my eyes, makes my way. no more discouragement no more trial see the no more tribulation The Father, he'll be the one that all the angels bow down to. You are knowing from everybody else. Now when you find Jesus, look for me. Because I'll be there right where my Savior is. Will you be there? Worship. the new covenant. I'll join with Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac. I'll join with David, Ezekiel, Amos, and Zechariah. And I'll join with John Baptist. He's got his head back. And I'll join with the rest of the believers to worship him. ten of you that's been through something. Ten of you that know you shouldn't be here today. Ten of you that said, man, I was going my own way, but Jesus stopped by and changed my life. Do I got ten people that will worship him today. Say yeah. Yeah. Say "Yeah." "Yeah." yeah. Say glory. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise. Pastor Beckel is coming with the invitation. Would you please stand? Let's pray.